We hope you enjoy this tag preaching recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Tonight, from Gore. No, I just made that up, just made that up. From Cromwell, via Auckland, via Dunedin, has a passion for Gore as well. He's an apple picker from the southwest of France. It's the amazing Jay Brimmer. Awesome. I'm so excited to be able to speak tonight. You guys can take a seat. Uh, last year, I was up doing Bible college, and I can tell you now there's a few more people that know that Dunedin exists. Uh, there's a few more people that know that where we are on the South Island, Nicole and I have, have, done, an, have done a job up representing Dunedin. Uh, and I, I see it as an incredible privilege to be back here in Dunedin and be able to, to speak to you. A lot of you are, are family, and I see a lot of you guys as close friends. And, and again, I see this as a, a real privilege. Um, but I want to talk about the first time that, that I ever came to a Kubis church, Dunedin. Uh, back then, it was called South Life. And, and the first time I went, it was a youth group night. I remember sitting about there, and uh, I remember, I remember this, just the first time I came in, I felt so loved. I felt so encouraged. I felt like this was a safe place that I could just be myself. But I remember on the way home thinking, oh, no, I've stuffed this up. Oh, no, something has happened, and I've stuffed it up. See, there's this incredible man called Richard Darby, and he decided that he would be the one who would give me a ride home that night. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was new, to this, new, to coming to, new to coming to church here, and, and if I'm honest, I was one of those rowdy kids, right? And so I was in the back being rowdy, making a noise, and he said, if you don't stop being rowdy, I'm going to make you go for a run. And, uh, you yeah, know, we went for a run, eh? I remember running down the, uh, I ran down out by the uh, south, the, the one way going south, and I remember running thinking, oh, I'm sure he's joking, but then a part of me was like, oh, no, I've stuffed this up. <laughs> oh, no, I've become, uh, uh, I've become a burden to this person. And I'm like, man, I, I really hope, I really hope I can come back to this place. I remember, you know, I, I, fortunately, I was allowed to come back. Uh, just, despite the bad report, I was allowed to come back. And, and the thing is, you know, Richard still continued to give me a ride home week after week. He still continued to love me. He still continued to champion me along. In fact, every, every second or third week, we would drive past McDonald's. Come on, come on, that is a good youth driver there. <laughs> but, but see, here's the, here's the thing. Every time, I, I, every time uh, he would ask me, James, what do you want? I would say, oh, I'll just have a cheeseburger. Because I, I, I'll just have a cheeseburger. I'll just go for the cheapest thing on the menu because, you know, I, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to get, I don't want to go outside of what I might be allowed. But every time he would look at me and say, no, you're getting a hunger buster. No, you're, you're, up, you're upscaling today. You're going large. And I'm like, oh, man, this, this guy just, what he did was he loved me beyond what I saw myself worthy of being loved. He saw me where I was at, but he chose to say, actually, no, I see more in James. I see James as being someone who's not worthy of a cheeseburger, but worthy of a hunger buster. And that's, that's, the, that's where I want to go today. Worth, not, I, that's where I want to go. The title of my message is, Cheeseburgers to hunger busters. Now, there's this moment in the Bible where somehow Jesus gets in the boat with Peter. Peter's out in the water, and Jesus is given a message on the boat. 
And after the, after the message, we find out in, in Luke that, that Jesus says to, to go out into where it is deep and to go fishing. And Peter, Peter responds in, in Luke 5 verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked, hard all, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. See, Peter wasn't expecting much. Peter didn't see much happening. He thought, okay, maybe the, the most out of this we might, we'll, we'll do it because, you know, he's given a good message. We'll do it. But, but you know, the most we might get out of this is a, is a fish. It's a, it's a cheeseburger. There might not be much in this. But then if we continue reading, at this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And at this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were, fill, were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. If we read ahead, Jesus, says to Simon, Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. I really like that moment because Jesus says, hey, I know who you are, but I'm going to call you to be a fisher of men. I'm going to call you to be something that you don't see yourself worthy of being. I even though there's a small moment here, there's a, something big's happening, and Peter, I'm calling you to, be, to have more. Peter, you're worthy of more. Peter, I see a hunger buster in you. And then happens, so it happens, Peter ends up spending three, day, three years with the man. Peter ends up doing incredible miracles with Jesus. Peter ends up being a part of the feeding of the 5,000. There was this one kid turned up with just a little bit, but Jesus says, hey, I can work with this. I can work with this. And Peter got to be part of another miracle that wasn't just cheeseburgers, but it was hunger busters. It was another miracle where over 5,000 people got fed of five loaves and two fish. But then there's another miracle. Peter walks on water. See, it was enough to say, wow, Jesus is walking on water. But then Jesus called Peter out onto the water. Peter said, Jesus, if, if it's you, call me out onto the water. So he stepped out on the water. Yeah, he may have doubted a little bit. He sunk, but Jesus pulled him up and said, hey, you're worthy to be standing next to me. You're worthy to be having this moment with me. I don't want this to be a cheeseburger moment, but this is going to be a hunger buster moment. But then as we... As we go on, we find out when Jesus gets crucified, you know, Peter has this moment where he, three moments actually, where he, he denies Jesus three times. At the moment when it counted the most, he denied Jesus three times and said, I don't know this dude. I've done incredible miracles with him, but I, I, don't, I don't actually know him. I don't know about you, but I think Peter would have felt, would have felt like a burden then. He would have felt like he failed Jesus. I know there's been moments in my life where I felt like I've failed the people around me. When I was younger, um, even after being in, introduced to this phenomenal place, even after being introduced to great people, I was actually on a daily report card in my school. If you don't know what that means, it's when you get graded on your behavior, your attitude, and whether you participated or not. <laughs> and, and for me, you know, that was... For me, I, I saw so much shame in that. I remember having to give, give it to my parents and they'd sign it every day. They're laughing now. <laughs> but I also remember having to give it to my favorite teacher 
And I remember them saying, James, you're not like this. And I remember feeling the disappointment. I remember feeling like I, I wasn't worthy. But yet still I was immersed in this place. I was still investing into this place. And, and even though I was a bad apple then, you know, look at me now. <laughs> I've been to Bible college. I'm up here speaking. I'm doing an internship with one of the most innovative churches across the movement. Now, God has done incredible things. He's, I've had the privilege of, of being able to be transformed by being in this place. I've been able to be transformed because people saw me for more than what I was worth. My parents, my teachers, my youth leaders, my e-group, and, and even the man who made me go for a run, Mr. Richard Darby himself. Now I'm up here communicating, but, but see, the thing is, Peter... Uh, even after even after Jesus passed, even after Jesus died, when he came back, he he approached Peter, and he said to Peter, he he asked Peter three times, "Do you love me?" Now he didn't say this to Peter to say, "Hey, you've stuffed up." He said this to say, "Hey, I I know what happened, but I still want to use you. I know what happened, but I still see the value. I know what happened. I still see great things happening. And and if we read on in Acts, you know." Jesus is, Jesus is, in Acts 2, Jesus is gone by this point. It's just the disciples and the Holy Spirit comes. Who stood up? Peter did. Who addressed the crowd when the, when, when the people were wondering what was going on? Peter did. And through Jesus, or through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, Peter was able to lead 3,000 people into, the, into, into a relationship with Jesus. Peter was able to do incredible things because he, know, he knew that he was worthy of more than just a cheeseburger, but a hunger buster. And that's the, that's the prayer that I, I want for us as a church today. Imagine if we knew that we were all worthy of being hunger busters, of having hunger buster moments. Imagine if we all knew. Don't live a life of cheeseburgers when God and the people around you see you worthy of a hunger buster. Let's pray. Yeah, God, I thank you that you're in this place, that you're moving in this church. I thank you for the incredibly generous people that are in this house. I thank you that you love each and every one of us more than we know, Father, that you have a purpose and a calling on our life, every single person in this church. I pray that they all know it, that they discover it. In your name, amen. amen. Hey, I'm so excited for the next speaker that's coming up. I've known this person for a really long time. They were at youth group the same time I was at youth group. In fact, I remember one of the test one time she was sharing a testimony at how she was called to be a worship leader from birth. And I know a lot of people in this house have, have been able to ha, ha, have incredible moments because they've had someone who, who was able to lead them into the presence of God. And I'm so excited because Abby's not just called to be a worship leader. She's got so much greater. She helps lead our young adults. She helps do incredible things within the woman of our church. And, and I'm so excited to be able to welcome up Abby Bruce. So, um, fun fact about James. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it's not a bad one. I just remember, um, so I've been here for 10 years now at this church, and he was actually the first person I met when I walked in these doors. Um, I don't know if he remembers that. He had a big fro. Um, <laughs> and it was, um, it was the first youth group of the year in 2009, and um, so it was really, yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, so there we go. 
Hey, um, I'm excited tonight um, to share uh, just a revelation, a recent revelation that God's um, revealed to me, um, going on the topic of being um, the, the new series we've just started revealed. So um, tonight's actually quite fun because usually Matt's the one up here sharing the stories. Now it's my turn. Um, <laughs> so... Um, it's come up in Matt's sermons that he hasn't been the greatest for offering cups of tea when he makes one for himself. Um, it is true, but good news, he's doing well. <laughs> he is on the improve. Um, he's actually doing so well in uh, Movie March. We were watching a movie. Um, Mid-clip, he hands me a hot cup of tea, and I was like, where did this come from? Um, I thought he just had it from, you know, from earlier in the service. Um, for, sorry, the beginning of the service. And uh, he actually had a thermos set up underneath the chair and, like, poured a cup and gave it to me. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, so he's been doing well. So um, he has been working hard at this, but more than just a cup of tea, um, Matt has been working hard at letting service become a natural part of our relationship. Um, I know confidently that he's doing this out of love for me. Um, Oswald Chambers, a guy from the early 1900s, he says, um, service is the overflow which pours from a life filled with love and devotion. He then goes on to say, but strictly speaking, there is no call to that. Service is what I bring to the relationship and is a reflection of my identification with the nature of God. Service becomes a natural part of my life. This thought really captured my attention. I was kind of like, is this guy telling me I'm not called to serve? Um, because I know I'm called to worship lead, to be an e-group leader, um, to be a wife, a sister, a daughter, a nurse. Um, but as I started to think about it, God revealed something to me. Um, and this is what I want to share. Uh, so to summarize his words, I'd say it like this. Our primary call is not to serve, but to love God first. We hear in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, our greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. When this command was given by God in Exodus 20 to the Israelite people, it was not just a rule for the sake of rules. It came from a loving God, not a condemning one. It came from a God who was pursuing relationship with his people. I think unintentionally, just in misunderstanding, we've removed some of the weight these commands carry because we look at them as rules. Um, if we look at Matthew 22, 37, um, as a covenant rather than a command, it sounds and looks a lot different. Um, but what does it look like? Um, perhaps it looks like Jacob pursuing Rachel. Uh, we hear about this in Genesis 29. From reading, we learn that Jacob was living with his uncle Laban, um, Laban's daughter caught Jacob's attention, and he wanted her as his wife. Um, Laban asked Jacob, or Jacob asked Laban for her hand in marriage, and Jacob, uh, Laban said, "Serve me seven years, and then you can have her." Um, and so Jacob did this. Um, and in verse twenty, it says, "So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her." When you read on, there's a little bit of a twist to the story, but Jacob does get Rachel. Um, so um, service is the response to a loving relationship. Service comes out of overflow. Service comes naturally when we love someone. Love is the motivation 
um, of true service. What Jacob shows us is that service came in response to having his heart in the right place. It came naturally to him when love was the focus because who knows that serving seven years would be painful uh, without the right mindset. Without love, service is a task. Uh, It can become pointless or aimless. It can even become religious. Um, We do know that marriage is a two-sided relationship, and I have to admit sometimes I don't always feel like making a cup of tea for Matt. Um, He has paid himself out a lot, but I know I can be just as bad at times. Uh, When I don't feel like making him a cup of tea or serving him, it's a true test of how much I'm letting love be the motivation in our relationship. Um, it can become, you know, having a, making a cup of tea can just become a task. It can just be routine. Um, it can feel meaningless or aimless. I might even find myself starting to get offended, um, making unreasonable statements like, Matt never makes me a cup of tea. Why should I do it for him? Um, or why can't he just make it? He's got legs. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, That may all seem a little drastic over a cup of tea, Uh, but what if you replace the cup of tea with where you may serve at church? Serving on hosting, hospitality, serving our kids, maybe worship, um, being on worship team, maybe being on prayer team. Then put God at the end of the, on the receiving end of your serving, um, and is true love being represented, or would he be moved by the way that you are serving him? Because when love has become second in line to serve, and we find ourselves ticking off a task. Grudgingly coming to Sunday, rolling our eyes when leaders ask us to fill in for somebody, or getting hurt or getting offended. We ask questions like, why do we have to be there early? Um, Or isn't it the leader's responsibility? (laughs) Can I be so bold to remind you, church, that our God is so worth every ounce of love, service, and gratitude that we can return to him. He loves us immensely. Uh, if, if those attitudes start creeping in, can I ask that you would check the motivation of your heart and the reason that you're serving? The only reason I ask those questions and I ask you to do that is because I've been there myself. I have asked, uh, perhaps more recently, um, why do I have to be at church four hours for sound check, like before service starts? Um, or why, why am I doing this? Is somebody else can do it? Um, it's in moments like that that my heart is proud. It's moments like that that my reason for serving has become out of line, perhaps self-serving. It takes a free person to serve. It takes somebody who is humble to serve God. It's the free will that's been given to us um, was not so that we could be self-indulgent. Instead, it was given up to us so that we could love and serve God and one another. If we have love as the focus and as our motivation, service becomes a whole lot easier. If I'm motivated by love, making a cup of tea, for Matt is actually really easy. It takes only minutes. Um, If my love and devotion is completely focused on God, I won't question sound check times or what God has asked of me to do. Uh, He's asked for my everything in my whole heart and my whole life. One thing I love about God is that he'll never ask us to do something that he's never done himself. God asks us to love us, to love him with our whole hearts. He does the same. He asks us to pick up our cross daily, and he did that too. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And Jesus was no exception either. Uh, let's quickly read Philippians 2, verse 1 to 11. 
um, in the message. It says, thinking yourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And do you know why Jesus did that? Because he loves us. He served, he gave up his life, all because he loves us. If love wasn't his driving motivation, he would not have gone to the cross and died a criminal's death to save us. No amount of service would drive somebody to do that. Only love and devotion to someone will make a sacrifice like that. Only someone with a serving as a natural part of their life, as a result of an overflow of love, love could do such a thing. Just as I close, could you ponder these questions? Am I serving God out of task of religion? Do I love serving more than I love God? Is, my, is love my motivation for serving, or is it because somebody asked me to? I ask these questions because I believe God wants not only our hands, but he wants our hearts too. He wants us to love him with our whole heart, our whole mind, and our, all of our, and our whole soul. So God, I pray uh, just in this moment, uh, you would highlight to us areas where maybe our heart has been, um, is not aligned correctly, where, where serving has become before love or love has just disappeared completely. I pray that you would reignite the love and you would reignite the fire within us, within us uh, so that we could serve you with our whole heart, uh, with everything we have, because only because what you've done for us. Um, and we thank you so much for dying on the cross and, and allowing us to walk in relationship with you, Lord. Amen. So um, I'm super excited to welcome the next person up. Um, Jason is awesome. Uh, he has become a great friend recently, and uh, I just love his heart. I love his, his pastoral heart. Um, what I love about him and Tammy is actually a couple, is they, they've taught me what it is to be able to work um, and still have their children in this church and, and do that so well that they don't, they don't, they still serve, they bring their children along and they don't, uh, they don't have excuses, you know, they're here, they're present and I so love that um, and now that Jason's here on staff, it still doesn't change anything, you know, um, so really love your heart and you are awesome. Thank you for your kind words uh, there, Abby, and um, back, back at you, really. Um, <laughs> so you and Matt, um, yeah, Tammy and I just really appreciate the friendship that we have. Um, we're going to miss you guys heaps. Uh, but, but we have learned so much from you uh, both in this season, just seeing you serve, uh, seeing you serve from a place of love. Uh, can I encourage everyone, you know, to look to these guys, to see what these guys are doing? Awesome. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'm Jason, so um, it's, um, yeah, a real honour to be up here tonight. Um, obviously not leading worship, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do want to share something with you. I want to share uh, something that uh, God has revealed uh, to me uh, through this, um, through a season that I've been through. Uh, something that he's revealed about, more about who I am, uh, about who he is, and about the relationship that we have. It showed me how Jesus can use a, a situation or a circumstance 
It showed me how he can use a miracle, how he can use a moment uh, to do so much more. The title of my message tonight is There is More for You. Let's just pray. Lord God, I just thank you for this opportunity um, just to get into the Word tonight. Lord God, that as we do so, that we'll be encouraged. Lord God, that we'll know more about the relationship that we have with you. Lord God, that uh, we will see what you are doing in our life. We'll see the stepping stones, the pathway that you're creating. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So to start with, um, I just want to um, share from uh, Matthew chapter 15. Uh, 32 to 39. So if you want to turn uh, with me uh, there, and I'm reading from the message uh, translation tonight. So um, so what has been happening is that uh, Jesus has been in this place, um, and a number of people uh, have gathered. So um, so we're told it's uh, 4,000, but we know they didn't. Um, they only counted men, so it's probably more like 10,000. But these people have gathered, and they've come along uh, to be healed, uh, to be ministered to. People in need of um, of healing, so people who are blind, people who are maimed, uh, people who are mute, have come along. And Jesus, uh, in that moment, does a miracle in their life. He brings that healing that they've been believing for. But where I want to pick up tonight is uh, at verse 32 we find out that he's not actually finished at that moment. So reading from verse 32 uh, in Matthew 15. But Jesus wasn't finished with them. He called his disciples and said, I hurt for these people. For three days now they've been with me, and now they have nothing to eat. I can't send them away without a meal. They'll probably collapse on the road. His disciples said, but where in this deserted place are you going to dig up enough food for a meal? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they said, plus a few fish. At that, Jesus directing the people to sit down, he took the seven loaves and the fish. After giving thanks, he divided it up and gave it to the people. Everyone ate. They had all they wanted. It took seven large baskets to collect the leftovers. Over 4,000 people ate their fill at that meal. After, Jesus sent them on their way, and he climbed into a boat and crossed over to the Madigan Hills. Taking that current circumstance that they were in, that they'd been there for three days, that they'd, many of them had traveled some distance to get there. Jesus was not only doing a miracle in their life at that moment, he was bringing the healing that they needed, he was bringing the food that they needed at that moment, but he was providing them something for their journey next. He said, I hurt for these people for three days they have been with me. They've had nothing to eat. I can't send them away without a meal. Jesus will use your current situation, the miracle he is doing in your life, and he will make you stronger, wiser. He will increase your faith, your hope, and your capacity. What he feeds you today is the energy you'll, get, you'll use to get through your tomorrow. Just over six years ago, my wife Tammy and I went through a storm like nothing else I'd ever experienced. Expecting our first child, we went along to the scan to find out whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. By the way, if you ever go for that scan, don't actually tell the person who's doing the scan you want to find out if it's a boy or a girl. That's not what it's about. <laughs> it's about the anatomy. <laughs> but, but what we found out, we didn't find out whether it was a boy or a girl, but what we found out is that our daughter was going to be born with a complex heart defect. 
we started praying and believing for a miracle cure. Along the way, there are moments when Jesus revealed his miraculous power to us. There was a moment when at one of the scans I'd found some fluid on her lungs and her heart. And I read at the time that basically that, that is not good. Um, that is actually very bad. Um, and, but we go along to the next scan and it's been healed. We were to be going up to Auckland, this is after she was born, uh, we were scheduled to go up on a Monday, um, some scheduling changes occurred and we ended up going up on Friday, um, still don't really know why that scheduling change occurred, but it was Jesus came into that situation. You see on the Monday morning about 2am, which is when we would have otherwise been back here in Dunedin without medical people around, but we were up in Auckland in a hospital, uh, Sophie went into complete heart block. The medical people were there, Jesus had put us in the right place at the right time. Her surgery, significant, complex surgery, but without complications. God is good. God is good. But you see, it wasn't just the miracles that Jesus was doing in those moments. And, and man, they're amazing. And I'm forever thankful for them. But it was what he was doing in my life. It was a way he was setting me up for whatever the future was going to be. And now I get to walk that pathway. You see, during that season, I learned the importance of surrounding myself with friends and family. I learned the importance of prayer and to keep on believing and to keep on praying into something, even if it seems like the miracle isn't yet coming, to continue to have that faith. I learned the importance of maintaining faith, to know that he can keep us free from anxiety and worry that we can have peace in his presence and that we need not be shaken. So even in that moment when he was doing those other miracles, those other amazing things, he was actually doing something else. He was doing more. I was getting more out of it than just in that moment. Jesus will use your current situation, the miracle he is doing in your life, and he will make you stronger, wiser. He will increase your faith, your hope, and your capacity. He grows in you today what will be your stepping stone for tomorrow. You see, he has amazing plans for us. His word is full of promises on this. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Jesus is going to use your circumstance. He's going to use your situation. He's going to use what you're currently going through in life to prepare a platform for you for what's coming next, for the future that he has for you, for the plans that he has for you. Just as I, I come to an end, uh, I just want to share this quote um, that I really love from C.S. Lewis, and perhaps now the band wants to jump up. It's this. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing, 
He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You know that those jobs needed doing and so you are not surprised. But presently he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting up an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made in a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. And he intends to come and live in it himself. Jesus has so much more for you. You just believe. Friends, I'm not sure what's happening in your life right now, what your situation, what your circumstances. But I know this. He's creating a way. He's creating a plan for you. What stepping stones is he putting in place for you tonight? Stepping stones that you use tomorrow. What path is he straightening out for you tonight? A path that you'll use tomorrow. What is he building in you tonight? A room. That capacity that you'll use tomorrow. You can expect more. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.